join David and Ross as they become discombobulated in Dorset. From pixies to poltergeists, witches to woodrows, hear them explore the legends, folklore, and outright weirdness of their own county. This is Dark Dorset, the podcast of Weirdness. I'm Ross in Dorchester. <laughs> you see, you can't do it without laughing, can you? I can't. I'm David in Wareham. And um, welcome to Dark Darset. Um, David, have you got any booze there? Have you got any local booze? I do. I do have a booze. Um, it's not very local. It's from the Badger Brewery up the road in Blandford. Mm-hmm. And it's the Blandford Fly. Ooh. I'm holding it together. It's got a fly fisherman on it. Mm-hmm. And it's very gingery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's meant to. I think the ginger in it is meant to stop the Blandford fly biting you. And the Blandford fly is a nice little bugger. I think it's like a horse fly. It's yeah. very itchy. My mum sore if I, it bites you. I think I've talked about this on the on a podcast, might not be in this podcast. My mum always just get bitten by the Blandford fly and then one of her legs would like hugely inflate and um and she'd get all like <laughs> like, like a bouncy castle. Yeah, like blisters all over it and stuff. And then they, then the blisters would pop, and then her leg would go down. But by that time, she got um, tanned, and then one of her legs would go black because it it got all um, tanned while the the skin had been stretched. When it went back down again, she had one, <laughs> one leg different colour to the other. So, um, I, yeah. I, you've put me off this beer completely now. <laughs> so actually, that's made of the um, I, the oozing from my mum's blisters, blister or, leg pus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was drinking um uh, my I think this is my favorite beer um it is the Jurassic Brewery Chesel Pilsner that is my that is my officially yeah. my favorite beer yes um but I finished that so I am now moving on to um this this is called Crop Circle oh which I thought was um apt for this and I it, like it. it but this I I bought this from there's a um a corner shop near where my in-laws have moved to, which says it's all local beers, but this isn't. So I assume these are all Dorset beers, but when I got it back, it's from Wiltshire, all the way over in Salisbury. But this is um very, yeah. So but it's it's, it's what brewery is it from? Let's have a look. Uh, is it the Hotback Brewery? Uh, yeah. Hopback or Hot Brick? Yeah. Yeah, Hopback Brewery. Hop Hopback. They make Summer Lightning, I think. Yeah. That's a really nice beer. It's got a great picture. That would probably be number two in your favourite beers. Well, I haven't tried it yet. Let's give it a go. It's got a great picture. It looks like you. It's like their logo. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It it looks like me from Roman times. Yeah. We need to find a crop circle. Mm. Or make one. Or make a crop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm, it's nice. How about a cock and ball crop circle? A think, space rocket, you mean? Mm, yes. Mm. Yes. There wouldn't be a circle then, would it? Well, the two balls a would be a circle, bellend. and then the... Um... <laughs> they would be two circles. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. It looks very... um. When it's all, like, really soapy suds, how, what's, a, what's the official way of saying that? Head. Head. All right. <laughs> Don't give me the eyes like but, that. But like soapy head, yeah? Yeah, soapy head. <laughs> it's because you, 
you have too much pressure when you drink it and you make that popping noise. Oh, okay. And then it all frosts up. So, you know, yeah. So if I, if I, too, you, yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. right before this <laughs> goes too far into, and innuendo, <laughs> but what are we talking about this time, David? This time, Ross in Dorchester, we're going to talk about our ghost hunting sleepover mm-hmm. at Dorchester Prison. Sound effects. So we actually went somewhere at night and uh, went to an actual official, uh, it was an actual official, most haunted official ghost hunting experience in Dorchester Prison, which is um, uh, very kindly uh, purchased for my birthday by my my wife and um, my wife Beck, and she came along with David and his partner Kaz. So, um, oh, what's a funny noise? Can you hear that? No. Okay, that, the but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No, exactly. <laughs> Essentially, what we just... Oh, it was an evening full of that, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, we didn't know what to expect. Beck had said to me that we were going to go to the prison, um, which is an abandoned prison near us. We've probably got some history about that we can talk about in a minute. But um, uh, all we knew was that we were going to go there, uh, potentially do some kind of seance, and... Um, and stay the night and uh, we thought it was going to be like uh, like a, a haunt or a um, like a spooky maze type where people be jumping out and people tell us ghost stories <laughs> and stuff but as we got there um, there were some very serious ghost hunters yes there were some very nerdy ghost hunters mm-hmm. and there were some very keen enthusiastic yes almost desperate ghost hunters they were so desperate to have some kind of experience yeah that i think they willed a lot of it and mm-hmm. persuaded themselves they were you know potentially hearing things that that were meaningful mm. so yeah. as we got there we were all having to we went up into the i think it must have been where the visiting visits would have happened when it was a an actual prison or uh, or was always a canteen or something like that and, uh, more yeah, that was a bit more up to date. That block, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit more modern. And um, we was we were shown the uh, array of official most haunted merchandise. If we wanted to buy a most haunted <laughs> Ouija board or a uh, a vet fielding um, novel about ghosts, uh, and then all the people started turning up. People were like bringing like briefcases and bags and lots of equipment, and they were getting out and check checking all the batteries and all of their like. Um, thermometer guns and and loads of people getting out loads of soft toys which was a I we found out later on what that was all about I can definitely hear something David it's like I, a, can, I heard some knocking then yeah like a boom 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 noise right. oh that's lovely oh thank you thank you alright come on spirit so we were asked if anyone was new and then there was only a few people who hadn't done it before so I was surprised that this seems to be like a regular thing that a lot of people do yes some people have been there uh, several times before and and I think a lot of the people have been on other ghost hunts with this company and others Mm -hmm. at at other prisons and other um, big houses but yeah I thought the company I thought it was organised really quite well I thought everyone was very friendly and welcoming this part of the evening though was I I think it was our first red flag, wasn't it? When they, when um, 
they asked if we'd done it before, and then they asked if we were believers. Yeah. To which to which you said that you were sceptical. Yeah, I said it depends and... what you asked me to believe. Yeah. <laughs> I think they they then stared at us both and <laughs> were quite serious when they said we have to have an open mind. Please keep an open mind. You have to have an open mind. And they kind of they they did hammer this point home a bit uh, because they said quote. If you don't have an open mind, nothing will happen. Yeah, which made me think they were just going to lie to us all evening. <laughs> but, but I think when we go in go into what actually did happen, I think that is um, very much true. This is one yeah, of those totally. situ- one of these situations. If um, you went into if you went into there um, completely convinced nothing, there, there was nothing supernatural going to happen. There was no way you was going to be convinced. Um, but I think you were more open-minded than I was mm. because I spent the time. A lot of the time, we we were stood up in the dark waiting for noises or knocks or things to move, and I spent a lot of my time looking round, watching other people mm-hmm. to see where they were or to see if they were going to, you know, touch me and run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one point late on where we we did. There was some knocking. One, one someone in the group was knocking, saying, "Spirit, can you copy this knock?" And it did knock back, yeah. and everyone heard it. But yeah. at that point, two of the group were not in the room. Really? Uh, I didn't notice they weren't, they weren't there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one guy had gone back to the kitchen area to get something that he left behind. Right. And when he came back in the room, there was another chap with him. So two people were not in the room when we heard that knocking. That mm-hmm. was in the chapel. Mm-hmm. And then when they were back in the room, the lady did the same thing to get the spirit to knock back again, and it never did. It sounds it sounded like okay, so we, we're jumping around a little bit. So there was lots of different areas we went to. We were split into two groups, um, and initially we uh, we all went down to. It looked like there was some like admin room areas, wasn't there? And it goes right. We're going to go dark, which was like I mean, everyone's going to turn off all their lights. And they had a, a variety of different things. So you could have like a um, electron, ele- like a um, electromagnet. What's it called? Field. Oh, electric magnet. Electromagnetic field. Sensor. Detector. Yeah. Sensor. Um, so a bit like what they... And that was meant to go through different coloured lights, wasn't it? And it didn't, unless you had your phone next to it trying to detect someone. Exactly. Um, you could have a thermometer gun, sort of thing. You would get shot on the head if he was going to go to a, a cinema or something back when we was in good old COVID days. Um, and there was... Uh, a lot of people brought soft toys which had like some kind of sensor in them so that if you touched it or moved in front of it it would light up or flash and one guy had built his own like police car with a um because he said he thought the the police car would antagonize the incarcerated spirits but if you went near that the the siren would go off and the lights would come on uh and they also had these little um cat balls um which if you moved them they would light up so they put a lot of these things out um, to try and then they, the whole idea then at that point was you would call upon the spirits to try and get them to move one of these things to make them light up or make a noise or and it was just very very quiet and then every softer they'd be like oh, what was that did anyone else hear that uh, yeah and I think that's 
that's when um, that's when the second red flag uh, took took hold. Really, was that um, in that first room before we went dark? We were told that we might hear noises, and if all of us heard the noises, that was the spirits trying to get in touch. Yeah. But if only one of us heard the noises, that was also the spirits <laughs> getting in touch. So it was equally valid if if no one heard them at all. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and if anyone, yeah, and there was a lot of that, wasn't there? there? There was a lot of, oh, did you hear that? I was like, no, yeah, didn't hear that. And also a lot of like, if, and they also said, if you think of a, a, a word or something like that, just say it out because that's probably the ghost talking to you. <laughs> but it was still fun. Um, I got to say, there was a, oh, one, yeah. one oh, point yeah. I was uh, one point I was scared the whole time, which we'll come on to in a minute. But the rest of the time, and I was reflecting on this, um, if I went there. In my teens, I would have been bricking myself because it's it's an enormous yeah. Victorian. It's an enormous prison. old Victorian. Some so it's it's in a state of pretty poor repair. Mm. It is as spooky as hell mm. in the middle of the night. If you were there on your own, and if you're wandering around on your own, you'd be absolutely shit scared. And mm. and there would be noises creaking. There were doors open, weren't there? There were broken windows. Yeah. There was it was raining. There was breeze coming through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't. I felt like the whole thing. I just found it fascinating, just being around. And I felt. I felt. Like I've been to like churches where everyone's like having like the, the Holy Spirit talking to them, and they're talking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. And I find that kind of thing more frightening than a group of people just convincing themselves they can hear like something knocking <laughs> in the corner because it feels like that is not trying to. Um, in full that's not like trying to change anyone's behavior or anything that's just it was i felt like this was just like fun and all these people were just coming together because they wanted yeah. to you know there was one yeah. lady there who's it was her first time and she was when we had to go around all introduce ourselves she was fantastic yeah and it was like i'm david i'm ross and she was like i can't remember what her name was i'm shirley and i'm so happy to be here i'm so excited <laughs> wasn't this amazing oh please can please can something happen tonight please um she was excellent fun, yeah. They said, would you like to try some table tipping? Um, so they had some small wooden tables uh, and Beck, uh, so she would do it. And she was there with um, a couple of other people and they all sort of had to like lightly touch it with their hands. And then, of course, the table started like wobbling around and sort of moving around and stuff. And um, yeah. and it was it felt to me that there was one person who was obviously moving it around yes and i think it's it's quite so the table was quite low and mm. quite fragile and you're only meant to touch it with the tips of your fingers of all your fingers so of course you're stood there one person on each side your knees are slightly bent you're off balance mm. you're in the dark which is quite disorientating as well mm-hmm. and i think you know some of your weight does go through your fingertips at that point mm-hmm. no matter how lightly you want to touch this table yeah stood there for 10 15 minutes with bent knees it's going to start wobbling yeah uh and then they i know what you mean yeah then we had the the glass on the table and it stopped that started moving around but it felt to me like there was like three or four people and it was almost like it happened so quickly and everyone was just quite so yeah like oh it's it's happening if this is real you'd be like really freaking out you know (laughs) yeah and the best so so they're and we're all laughing and saying, spirit, move the glass, move, make it draw a circle on the table, etc. And I think one of the best bits was when um, they 
one of the hosts asked you, Ross, as yeah. a skeptic, to think of a corner of the table. Yeah. Um, and then they asked the spirit to move the glass to that corner of the table, and gradually the, the glass, with four fingers on it from four different people, moved over to the top left-hand corner of the table and stayed there. And you said, "Sorry, wrong corner." What? <laughs> <laughs> and then one lady said, "Well, that's the corner I was thinking of. Maybe my energy uh-huh. is stronger than your energy with the spirit." So, yeah, yeah told the two again, and you got the wrong corner the second time, and the third time they got the wrong corner, <laughs> yeah. and eventually it went into the correct <laughs> corner. But I think by then we were we were too busy chuckling. And I, honestly, I wasn't changing the corner. I think it, it did go to the it, it missed the corner. <laughs> Yeah, each time, you know, it had a one in four chance, no. One in three chance, no. You know, 50-50 chance, no. But um, uh, then we had a break. And then uh, one of the best things about the thing, it was unlimited wagon wheels and Kit Kats and crisps and coffee and yeah. hot chocolate. Before, before the break, Ross, we went, um, we actually went down into the basement, didn't we? Oh. Okay. And we were told, yes, yeah, so we went into the basement and we were told that this is where the children's cells were. I don't know if that's correct, but it gave it an extra kind of spooky and kind of sinister uh, mm-hmm. feel. Um, and we put the we put the cat balls and the toys and the police car out again. Um, and some of the lights did go off yeah. without anyone walking past, them, which was a bit odd. But I'm not, you know, I'm not sure on on how good the circuitry was in some of those things, or or if there's any remote uh, controls in any of his pockets. <laughs> the um, we did the Ouija board down there. Yes, I was so excited. You put your finger on top of the glass, along with, um, I think, your wife and yeah. two others. And I kept such a close eye on it. Yeah. And this is, I think this is the only thing that had had me thinking, I can't explain it. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do a Ouija board, um, the, and it's never come up that I, I could do it. So there was somebody, <laughs> when they said, who wants to do it, I was like, right there. Yes, please. I've really want to do it. <laughs> Um, they were, they were sort of really bigging up the Ouija board, like saying like, if if people don't want to do it, let us know, and we will make sure you're far away from it, and all this kind of stuff. And and afterwards, talking to people about what we did, the amount of people got freaked out, the, even that the idea that we were in the same room as the Ouija board, like, oh, you should have done that, you know, completely people don't believe any of this stuff. Um, and it's it's so funny how this thing. It's got such a uh, reputation, um, and even afterwards, yeah. I, I, there was a, there was a point from should I have done that? I don't know. And, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't believe in it. I don't believe. In it. So, uh, yeah. So Beck was doing it, and she was um, just touching it with a, the tips of her fingernails. There was a, a lady to my left, and she was touching it so lightly that when it was moving, her fingers kept coming off of it because she wasn't. Uh, um, touch it and there was a, a, yeah. a young boy probably in his sort of um, early 20s or late teens and, and I was thinking well I don't think I'm moving it so I think it's, it's the only person that I could think could be moving it is him but then I don't know if he was but he wasn't yeah no so, he had he had a light touch and kept coming off as well yeah and it was it's so the, the previous exercise where you could where where we were trying to find the corner of the table mm-hmm you could see someone driving that where on this board spelling out words there were the words were so clear each time there was you know there were no um jumbled words or nonsense words mm. it's very hard to see how one person could drive that mm. um 
without and, like and competing with, with other people as well. Yeah, yeah. But it, it went it went from letter to letter so quickly and smoothly. There was no competition there. No. Um, so initially they got us to sort of spin around and do call out for the spirits and stuff, and then it wasn't doing it for ages. And I was like quite disappointed. I think, oh, fuck, you know, it's not going to work because <laughs> none of us are, are faking it. Um, and and then it went it moved and it to goodbye. On, onto the board yeah. um, and I was like ooh it moved you know and it's quite <laughs> had a little bit of a frisson of excitement but uh, but then we, we wanted to sort of conjole it not to go away we asked it how old it was and it said 82 it's kind of like ruined the um, uh, sort of the narrative of the, this is where all the children are uh, and then it did another number and I was thinking oh it's just gibberish at this point and then I can't I honestly can't remember the order of the things it was saying but yes we asked we asked the spirit its name, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And it spelled out N E A R Nia. Yeah. I thought it was going to go for Neil, yeah. but it went Nia. Yeah. And uh, so that was oh, so you're quite near to us, are you? Yeah. And we said um, move to the edge of the board where you are, and it moved over near where you were, David, didn't it? It went over yeah. to the corner where you were. <laughs> um, and then it we what did we what that what, what did it say next? It said, "It said, get out next." Or, uh, I can't remember what we asked. Out, it. I let think out, it was just spelling it. Let, let out, out, let out, L-E-T-O-U-T. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like the near it was getting to new, real words. I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. oh, oh, and it was like it was really, it was really <laughs> fun and exciting that it was, it was, it was, it was being articulate. Um, and then, um, and then it said, "Stay," didn't it? Um, yeah. One of the things which was very strange is that it was a lot of, I think it was predominantly ladies there, and they all seemed to be so super patronized is not the right word, but super like whenever there, there was any idea there might be a spirit around, they were like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, they, oh you're so mm. lovely. And there was very, and it, and it was almost like overwhelming the amount of like, yes. there was points where it was like, you want us to listen to listen for noises, but you're not shutting up because you're constantly <laughs> talking or conjoling the spirit in a very, very kind of um, very uh, supportive way. And this person was some people were talking like this while we was doing this, and I was like, "Freaking, just shut up!" Because I, you know, it's kind of spoiling the that the um the vibes of it. I want it to be spookier rather than you're trying mm. to make it all very um supportive and stuff. Um, but the, when it did the the stay bit it moved really really fast and there was a point where for the last letter it moved so fast it came out from under all of our fingers apart from Beck and Beck had her hands she decided that she was going to put her fingers upside down so it was just the backs of yeah. her, her fingertip her fingernails um, because she didn't want to she was worried that she was inadvertently moving it and it moved to the the, the last letter Y without um with only the, the backs of her finger tips, fingertips, um, which was cool. And there's a point at that point. I was thinking it was going to because we saying how were you killed, and I got told off for saying that because apparently you're not allowed to mention <laughs> that, that they're dead because they might not know they're dead. Um, and I thought it's going to spell stab, S D A B. Yes. And it spells stay. So part of me was thinking because we've looked into this after. How do Ouija boards work? Um, what was the name of the uh, phenomenon? I've got it written here. Apophenia. Yeah, or eidemotor. 
or something like that. So apparently there is a uh, there's a theory that things like this, or if you're moving pendulum, pendulums, or if you're doing dowsing, mm. where um, you can you can make micro movements without realizing you're yes, they're not conscious movements. No, you're not trying to control it, but you're subconsciously are doing something. You are affecting it in very small, unnoticeable way. Yeah, and, and some of these things, particularly things like. Um, uh, pendulums is that the, the tiniest moves, even you, movements you can't see, will be accentuated by some of these famous things like dowsing rods and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But part of me was thinking, like, if I was consciously, and I, I was the only one I could, I could tell was touching it because I could, I was, I could feel it with my my own hands, and the other people's fingers <laughs> were like sliding around on it. Surely, if I was consciously thinking it's going to say stab. And it spelt something else out. So it was my subconscious yeah. like, like <laughs> doing that against me. And and also the fact that I was like, it, it just it was a very very strange, exciting um, phenomenon. I'd love to do it again. It was the highlight of the evening. I I do wonder why we tried a Ouija board in a wing that was for children in Victorian times because mm. none of them would have been able to spell. It's <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Would yep. they? None of them yep. would have been able to read and write. Yep. So the actual thought of doing it there, and I know you said the age was 85, 82, but mm. it hung, it, at first we thought it was eight because it only mm. moved to the next number, mm -hmm. you know, after a big pause. So yeah. 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 It's, I, it's difficult to explain this one. Yes. But whatever, it, I would say it was, you know, like I said, the highlight of the evening for me, it was really fun. I'm glad I yeah. did it. And, um, and I'm so pleased that something happened, even if I, I'm not convinced it was supernatural. I'm just really pleased that something happened. And later on, <laughs> later on the evening, um, uh, that the other boy came up to me and he was like, um, were you moving it? And I was like, no. And he's like, I won't move in it. And he goes, um, he said, I was, he said, he said, he, he could see that when the, the glass movement was happening before, he said, I could see that that woman was move, moving it. And he goes, I was yeah. waiting to check that she wasn't going to go on it. Because I really wanted yeah. to see if it would move um, on its own. Yeah. I, I, The four people on that Ouija board, I think, were, they were the most, um, they had the most integrity of a lot of the people that I saw doing other activities that night would, would you would you want to have a go yeah yeah so if we ever yeah. get into that situation again you could have a go david i'm, I'm yeah. gonna i think i'm gonna get get myself a ouija board <laughs> i got a shit one which is just like spent a lot of money on it on amazon and it was just a bit of um plywood with a, a some paper glued on it and i was like oh well that is shit yeah. um <laughs> but the typography is always really bad on them i want a really nicely done one you, you know, should make one yeah but oh, maybe make. you could yeah um yeah so so we also went to a uh after break we went to like the um the uh kitchens which they yes. told us is with the site of the, the hangings um but david's done some research since. they did 
they they did so we we the on the way to the kitchens we went through the big atrium which is four floors this this big cylindrical space and that was that was spooky as hell with you could see up to all the um kind of corridors and balconies and into the cells and stuff and you know with these shining torches and there's lots of lights moving around and i would say um, that was a point where i thought i saw something moving but it was by that time it was about one o'clock in the morning wasn't it and it was very yeah. dark um and again wasn't scared didn't think it was a ghost but i was convinced there was someone up on four four floors up so yeah. i was talking yeah. i said can you show the torch up there because i can see someone up on that balcony and as soon as we put the torch on it they weren't there anymore so i think it was just a um yeah. trick of my eyes but um yeah and we went we went to the kitchens which i think was on on floor two or so um and they told us that this is where they they used to hang the condemned prisoners but from what i've read they used to hang people outside the prison mm. and especially at the back of the prison there's some gates aren't there mm-hmm. that people used to um people used to crowd around there that that and that i think there's even like a hangman's cottage is named hangman's cottage there mm. because that is where the the hanging they're very public things yeah um, yeah so i don't i don't really believe that they hung people where the kitchens were mm. um but there was there, there was a lot of freaking out in the kitchens and it got quite exciting because all of a sudden uh, a lady who'd done this kind of thing lots of times before uh, uh, shouted to put the lights on quickly because someone was standing next to her. Yeah. Something was standing next to her. And then that, a kind of a chase ensued because yeah. there were lots of little rooms off this and they were all connected and a guy went around with a torch um, and people kept thinking they saw the shadow and they saw the man. And, yeah, and that's what um, I, so that, that, that's that, the point I felt scared because I thought there was a homeless person or someone in the building. Yeah, it was a bit like, is it a real person or is it a spirit? And it was, um, but I think at that point, the excitement started rubbing off on other people. Yeah. Because it was it was one o'clock and it was dark and it is scary as hell. And if someone says, I just I just saw someone, had someone standing next to me, I could hear them breathing, then yeah. You, you start standing a bit closer together, don't you? A bit of mass, like a back mass. Um, what's it called? Hysteria. Yeah. Uh, and then we did something called um, the human pendulum, didn't we? We did, and I think bearing in mind the hysteria, we'd kind of the excitement we just had. Um, so some of us stood in a circle and we waited for the spirits to choose someone by tipping them forward. Uh, and if you're stood in a circle in the dark with your eyes closed, I think you can easily off balance yourself and stumble forward. And a a young lady stumbled forward and I think she, she'd again done ghost hunting before and she was ever so keen to have some kind of experience. I think she, she, I'm sure her attitude helped her or she was, she was easier to convince herself that things were happening because of the attitude she had. Um, I think she really desperately wanted to be central to some kind of experience. Um, so she stumbled forward and became the pendulum. Um, with uh, Ross was standing behind her, so if she kind of started to lean backwards, you could catch her, and that was if uh, that was for the answer no. And then a gentleman was in front of her, so if she started to lean forwards to answer yes, that gentleman would catch her. And uh, the uh, most haunted hosts were asking the spirit some questions, and she would lean back or forward to answer yes or no. Uh, and, and the questions started off quite. Um, basically you know are there spirits there um and and the spirit got in touch and and we asked it um are you male lean back for no are you female and she fell forward for yes um and then 
the spirit was asked its name does it begin with a yes thankfully it did <laughs> uh, and then someone <laughs> someone guessed alice almost straight away and that was a yes so that again that 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 was quite easy and then then they asked the spirit how long they had been in the prison mm-hmm. and um so they started with the 1700s and the answer was yes 1710 no 1720s no 30s no 1740s yes I think it turned out to be 1743, didn't it? When poor old Alice was in prison. Um, However, coming home and Googling it, Dorchester Prison wasn't even finished until 1795. Right, yeah. So I think Ghostbusters uh, Inc. need to do their homework a bit more if they're going to convince me of this one. Yeah, and I think she says she had been um, Executed, and I've got a list of all the people who've been executed there. And there's no one hmm. on the list, but I've, she obviously was really feeling it and was convinced that something yeah. was going on because after she got quite upset, yeah. um, she got quite upset. And when she was leaning forwards and back, sometimes she really lent in, didn't she? Yeah, to, to emphasize the, the, the positive or negative answer. Yeah, and it was quite a sad story she came up with, um, to do with, um. Uh, sort of incest and and all that kind of stuff so it was um and self-defense yeah so it was a um yeah it was it was a very sort of uh strong experience for the lady and yeah it was interesting thing to do uh (laughs) but it was but it was also quite hard to understand what was happening because people were getting very excited about teddy bears being lit up in another room (laughs) yes so there was another room off this and something was lighting up we could hear it we could see the disco lights we there was lots of noise mm. uh, and at one point the the host asked the pendulum if there were any other spirits in the vicinity and she said no yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's all about so me clearly you can't hear what's going on next door yeah um so we also went up into the uh the old chapel and um someone had brought a robot with them which um put in the middle of the room <laughs> Um, and which, if you waved your hand in front of it, it would move towards your hand. So it was all, all the lights were off, and you could just see the eyes of the robot. And every so often, the robot would start, like, jerking around and moving around, and everyone's yeah. getting very excited. Yeah. And then it would it fell over, it went, uh-oh. And then we put it back up and yeah. said, um, can you push it over again? And it got pushed over again. So that, that was quite exciting. <laughs> I think the chapel was the spookiest bit for me oh really because we were all sat in a, in a large circle and where i was i was right near an open door mm-hmm. and the, i could see down the corridor and i could see some light down the corridor and there was quite a cold breeze coming in through there mm-hmm. and when when the lady knocked on the floor and said if there's anyone there can you can you knock can you repeat this and she knocked three or four times the knocking came from down that corridor and everyone heard it. It wasn't just everyone heard it, and it did it twice. And then those two fellas came in the room, and it never repeated it again. Yeah, but they didn't come from but that, that was direction. The only time I actually heard something. Yeah, and it yeah, and it was from the sex offenders wing, apparently. Yeah, and it was it was proper knocking. It wasn't just like you could hear the other group outside, or you could hear someone's tummy rumbling. Yeah, or someone just moving and their shoes squeaking it was yeah it was quite exciting it sounded quite real um and then we was told that we had to be respectful to all the ghosts but we weren't <laughs> but we was allowed to be as offensive as we possibly could to the sex offenders and um there was this one lady and, was and they'd respond the angrier we got yeah 
So we're yeah. like, someone's going, I'm going, touch me! And someone was going, come on, you dirty fuckers! You want to, come on, come and touch me, you dirty fucker. Come on, you know you want it. It's like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. And there's this one guy who didn't say anything all night, and he's like going, come on. And I was like, oh, God. But it, was, it, was a fun, it, was a, it was a fun kind of like end to the ghost hunting experience of everyone just showing yeah. obscenities to like empty cells. That was, that was that was the most unbelievable part of the whole thing. Mm. Uh, yes. At which point, um, David and Kaz went home and left me in Backwater yeah. ourselves. Uh, so we were told that we, um, you can, if you wanted to sleep, you can pick any cell on the fourth floor. And this place is fucking enormous. It's like one of like several hundred cells. You can just go and pick one. And it was like, me and Beck were like, well, this one? I don't know about this one. Um, and we, we took a blow up bed with us. Um, but it just took age. We only got it half pumped up. Uh, because we was, we was, because it was so noisy. <laughs> we was convinced that because other people were ghost hunting. We said, someone's going to be on the ground for floor going, what can, what's that noise? Can you hear that rhythmic knocking coming from upstairs? We got it half pumped up. Um, and also the cell was so small that you couldn't pump it up the full, full way anyway because the double bed really? was touching the sides. But, um, so it must have been absolutely horrible to stay in there. But I was, but, and there's, there's no power in the whole building. You've only, all we had was our head, head, um, torch. And again, I said to Beck, the idea a few years ago of just sleeping in a prison, <laughs> prison cell with no light and, um, would have freaked me out, but I was absolutely fine with it. Um, so we just wandered around, um, and I walked past one cell and I heard this like, noise from one, inside the cell. And I was like, whoa, you know, when you, all the hair goes up on the back of your neck, but it was someone doing like some kind of ghost hunting in the cell. It was, so that's, <laughs> go over that. But we got a little bit lost because it's quite hard to remember what floor you're on when it's pitch black and which wing you're on and yeah. stuff. But we were just wandering around. That was quite cool. Just having the whole place to ourselves. Um, but every so often you'd go into a room and there'd be someone in the middle of the room on their own sort of calling out to spirits and stuff. Um, but then in the middle of the night, we went back, went to sleep. And then about an hour in, someone just walked into our room with one of those bloody flashing um, cat balls. Uh, and I was like, ah! and he's like, oh, sorry, mate, sorry, mate. So that was a little bit um, disconcerting. But apart from that. They were told not to go up there. Yeah, just slept through. But very good. Did did you talk to anyone in the morning and did anyone have any other experiences after uh, after kind of we went home? Not really, just... I just had a chat to see if, if anyone slept. Some people just stayed up all night. Um, everyone seemed to have a lovely time, but no, didn't. The only people I really sort of spoke to was the other chap who did the um, Ouija board with. Um, yeah. But the time went very quick. You know, we got there about nine ish, didn't we? And I think me and Beck yeah. went to bed about three or four in the morning in the end and got up at eight. So we had about four hours Spooked sleep. Out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very good. And I'm really glad I got to spend all that time in that building before it gets knocked down because it's a, a lovely historic, not lovely, it's a historic building and it's it is, isn't it? A big it's, part of that. Yeah. Of, and it's it's massive. You, and you wouldn't realise it's in this right in the centre of town. Uh, you wouldn't realise what's behind those walls. It just 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 feels like punishment, doesn't it? The whole building. It's so austere and. Mm with messages written in the bricks on the steps outside. Yeah. 
What did it say? Just, um, just horrible. The key to a brighter future is written uh, in like tiles on the steps and stuff. Yeah. But apparently, um, as part of the, uh, because they were going to turn it into flats, but now I think they're going to knock it down and, and put some houses there. But part of the um, thing they need to do before they do that is exhume all the bodies because apparently there's quite a lot of bodies buried there, including um, people who were uh, executed on on the land. So that's part of what what they need to do. Um, and I, I think they should have done more about what the reality of you know they could have told us some of these stories, and I think that would have made it even spookier about the fact that there yeah. are bodies buried here, and it's also the site of a. Um, a, a medieval castle as well, wasn't it? So there was a castle there before mm. it was even a um, a, pr- a prison. So all that history, I think they could have gone into a bit more, a bit more depth. Agreed. So, but it was good. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. Yes, definitely. I'm glad we did it, and um, thank you for everyone who made it good fun. Yeah. Even though I didn't have an open mind. No. So have you got any facts? We've <laughs> got any facts about the um. About the prison, one of them. I don't. I don't. I did read some TripAdvisor things, not for the prison, but for the company as a whole, and they, they, they don't make good reading. And I, I actually thought it was yeah a lot better than that. But yeah. Well, looking online, apparently it's number twenty-three of the hundred most haunted places in the UK, um, according mm. to higgy pop which is a uh a website about um ghost hunting is that rating is that rating just because of the ghost hunting and thing and the experiences people have or is that down to ghost stories before i do have i do know um my friend james yes hi james who i saw on his motorbike today actually mm-hmm. you don't know my friend james <laughs> sminty <laughs> you might have met him so his oh, I'm going to get this wrong again. I'm going to get corrected. His father-in-law, I think, works at Dorchester Prison. Oh, okay. Or work, works yeah, or worked. Yeah. Works. I okay. think he's some kind of caretaker or groundsman or manager of, of events that go on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked if he'd had any haunting experiences. Mm. And the answer was none whatsoever. All right, okay. So, <laughs> uh, I, so again, I, another person that doesn't have an open mind, right? Exactly. Uh, it feels to me like um, it's number twenty-two because they just put a, a, a list of a hundred random places. Yeah. But I'm looking through the list now. There's nothing nearby, unfortunately. Um, I did manage to get a list of all the people who were executed there. Um, from 1801 right up to 1913. So I got quite confused because some people were saying 1913 was like the last one, but then they was talking about a um, someone who uh, did something in the Second World War who um, who got executed there as well in the 19 um, sort of uh, uh, towards the end of the Second World War. So I, a oh. bit confusing. But looking at some of the things which people got. Um, uh, uh, execute for so there's the murder of a child the murder of their girlfriend the murder of a warden um, one of them was uh, one of them was it, it said the murder of their bastard child which, are, which is but also yes I, I saw a few people that were in prison for a few years or so for bastardy bastardy is that making a is, bastard yeah we, yeah absolutely wow. yeah, having a child out of wedlock is a, is a prison sentence wow but on here, some of the 
things people are being executed for is forgery. You can get a lot of forgers got executed. You think, is that really oh, a... That's uh, ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Considering uh, the people that ran this experience <laughs> for us. <laughs> um, housebreaking, sheep theft, and um, highway robbery. So some of these, you feel like... I don't believe in the death, sen- death sentence. Um, but you'd, you would think it was only for murder that you'd get it for, not for stealing a sheep. Yes. Or stealing yeah. sheep. It's, um, I'm glad we live nowadays. Um, because we get to go on ghost hunts rather than be actually locked yeah. up in there ourselves. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would be like. Uh, they run these ghost hunts at um, Dorchester Prison and Ship to Manor Prison. I would, if you want to do it, do it soon because apparently they're just waiting to knock the building down. So if you want to get get in there, go and do it um, soon. I had a message from my friend Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Do you remember? I remember we spoke when we were on Brownsea Island because I. Oh, I yes. met up with Nigel a few days before. I think the beer got the better of me and I didn't get his story quite right when I was telling it, telling it to you. Okay, yes. And he's messaged me. So I'm going to read it out to you. Okay. I'll try and get it right this time. Okay, do a dramatic reading of it. This this was the guy, if you remember, who, who had driven through Perth. Not Nigel himself. It was Nigel's friend. No, no Nigel's friend. And I got it wrong or something because he said it was just like driving through a person I said you well you don't know what driving through a person is like mm. but so I got it wrong Nigel says I got it sort of right and it takes place uh, not far from Bodmin in Cornwall where his friend's family have lived for generations and this chap's father-in-law saw a full coach and horse apparition exactly on the same stretch of road many years before <laughs> it's a dip in the bottom of the hill that apparently is well known locally as being haunted and recent folklore says that the ghost appears to people who ride or have ridden motorcycles and is seen on a certain day each year. This is the kind of thing that puts me off. Anyway, so Nigel's friend was driving his car when he saw this male figure appear. He didn't have time to stop, and according to this chap, the figure passed through the car. Nigel asked him what it was like, and he just said, like a person, just like a person. Nigel asked if there was a smell or could he could see through the person and he just said no it was a person passing through the car and this guy stopped he got out he looked around there's absolutely no sign and it was in exactly the same place on the road that his father had seen the coach and horses many years mm-hmm. ago and every time Nigel sees him he, he asks him to tell the story and the guy tells it always the same there's there's never any ominous ghoulishness to it it's always just just like a person If you've got any ghost stories, if you've had experience anything, we'd love we'd love to hear them. Um, so maybe do us a voicemail. Um, uh, we've got an email address, which is darkdarset at gmail.com. I think Henry says that at the end of the podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or if you if I think most of the people listening to this podcast actually know us, let, yeah, <laughs> send us a voicemail on WhatsApp and we'll we'll, we'll play it. Um, Interesting. Well, when I relayed um, my night in the prison 
So my dad, he told me a couple of spooky things that have happened to him. I'll probably save yeah. the UFO ones if, in, if we ever do a UFO episode. Um, but he did tell me that one time he was driving from uh, driving to Southampton and he was driving through the New Forest and he said it had been snowing. I said he was drive, driving along and he was like, he was driving uphill and he was like, oh, I shouldn't be driving uphill at this point. And then he was, then he was uh, looking out, and he was like, "I don't recognise where where I am at all. I must have taken a wrong turn." And, he, and he's like, "Well, I don't know when when I would have done it." So he thought, "I'll keep driving um, because I'll see a road sign in a minute to see where I am." And he said he kept driving, kept driving, and he was like saying it was nothing looked familiar at all. And he felt like he was driving for quite a significant amount of time, um, and he was thinking, well, "I'm going to have to turn around at some point because I, I've obviously come off the road." about realising it and then he said suddenly recognised where he was and it was like why I've been driving for a, a long period of time and I should have you know for the amount of time I've been driving I should I should be further along where I am now he said all he can um, uh, attribute to that when it snows the everything looks different in the snow but he, he was saying it was just the fact that he was going uphill when he shouldn't have been going uphill, and that the fact he was driving for a lot longer than he felt he should have done. But he said it could have been just a complete, just completely in his mind, or like, but he said it was a very, very spooky um, feeling. And I thought, oh, that that to me was probably if that was spookier than actually seeing a ghost or something. It's just the whole idea of like, where am I? I'm lost. But yeah. but I've experienced that as well. You know, when you're driving, you think I don't know where the hell I am, uh, and then suddenly it, it will click back in again. Because because I was thinking, is that part of that kind of thing we were talking about with the um, the subconscious movements and stuff? I think sometimes you can drive like that. You could you're, you could be completely thinking about something else. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. stop concentrating, don't they? It's like you leave work and then you're home and you you can't remember it, and that's how you get season <laughs> tickets. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're not you're not concentrating on what you're doing and and you go too fast and you yeah it driving can be a bit too automatic sometimes. It's been suggested to me to do some mindfulness exercises in the past, but I do find it really hard to meditate or do any of that kind of stuff or any kind of guided meditation. Um, I find it really hard to not think about the the process of doing it. It's almost like I'm outside myself watching myself doing it. But for me, the 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 most mindful thing I can do is driving because I feel like a part of my brain is then kind of the the part of myself which would be like self critical or 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 what's another word um, skeptical about doing any kind of mindfulness stuff or something which would be telling me well, this isn't going to work or or observing me doing it. It's taken it's taken over. It's driving, so that it's like fifty percent. You have to be from... in the moment, don't you? Yeah, you have to concentrate, and you have to you have to be in the moment of what you're doing. Yeah, and then which I, is exactly I th- what it's about. And listen, then I can listen to music or listen to a podcast or something, and I'm completely relaxed. I find driving is the most relaxing thing I can I can do. So I love going on long drives. So that's why I've always thought I'd want to be a taxi yeah. driver, but you have to. <laughs> yeah. I'd never be a taxi. I get really fucking miserable when it's late. Mm. And I'm tired and I'm hungry. I couldn't do, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't run a pub and I couldn't be a taxi driver. Mm. And 
I do love driving yeah, around at night. Thing. You get the best radio at night. They just put weird stuff on. It's just you. You can also listen to the radio at home at night. Yeah, the driving bit. I know, but <laughs> but then your brain's awake then, isn't it? Telling you your shit. Too much information. Right. Um, okay. Next time, we're going to be do- exploring Henry's dossier book of. of I hope so. Yes, with uh, with Henri himself. I yeah. Hope. Yeah. I believe it's his birthday coming up. We might be lucky, and we could take him out. Yeah. Ghost, ghost exploring. Yeah. So uh, Henry is the man who does our intro and outro. So um, hopefully, you'll get. We will have him on the next episode. But until then, yeah. um, stay discombobulated and happy day. <laughs> It's not natural. Cheery vibes. If you knows of any weirdness you'd like to share with Dave and Ross, you can tell them by email at darkdarson at gmail.com or talk to them on Twitter at darkdarson. Well, until next time, stay discombobulated. Stay discombobulated. Right, got everything you need? I think so. Okay. What do I need? You need um, energy. Do I, do I, need, knowledge. I need a temperature gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are like, you wearing a black turtleneck sweater, Ross? See, today? everyone took the piss out of me at this. There's like four people who said I look like Steve Jobs. And, I was, I, I, and then I took it off. And then they said I looked like Simon Cowell because I had a V-neck top underneath. So I was like, yeah, I think you're, you, you reminded me of someone that I can't put my finger on it. I don't think it's Ned Flanders. <laughs> it's not the star. <laughs> I think I look yeah. sexy. Right. But, you know. Yeah. As long as I think so, that's all that matters, isn't it? Where's, um... Yeah, you're probably naked from the waist down, aren't uh, you? Yeah, of course. Where is my bottle opener? <sighs> Dude, just drinking a beer. Oh, yeah, but I'll finish that one now. I'm going to open the new one. <sighs> mm. I might have to go without. And I, I'm gonna have to go get a bottle opener. Two seconds. Okay. Oh, I wonder. Oh, there it is. Got it. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad you have a bottle opener by your desk. Yeah. There we go. It is for podcasting purposes. Okay. I'm Ross in Dorchester. <laughs> you see, you can't do it without laughing, can you? I can't. I'm David in Wareham.